Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone and welcome back. Welcome to the Pensburg Podcast. Even if you're a first-time listener, just finding us as the 2022 season or 2022-23 season, I should say, is about to begin. If you're a long-time listener, you know what to expect. Either way, welcome to the Pensburg Podcast. Uh, welcome to uh, another season of Penguins Hockey. I am Gareth Bahanna, one of the contributing writers over at Pensburg.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host, alongside me, fellow Pensburg writer, Robbie Noggle. Robbie, how have you been? It's been a couple of months since we've talked, but now we're we're getting the band back together for another season of podcasting. So how have you been? I've been pretty good, Garrett. Uh, nice summer, nice, and uh, we now trend into fall here. Uh, but, I mean, overall, uh, good summer uh, on my end. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of penguin news that we covered kind of in our midsummer uh, episode, but hey, that's all in the past now, and it's time to drop the puck and get ready for the season. And I I know I'm excited, and I'm sure that all the penguins fans tuning in are just excited as well. And I know that uh, no one can really uh, can't wait to get it started next week. Absolutely, uh, as we sit here on the eve of. Uh well, it would be the eve of October 7th, currently October 6th, 2022. Uh, we are going to be less than a week away from the puck drop when the Penguins take on the Arizona Coyotes on October 13th at PPG Paints Arena. And uh, this podcast episode will largely be dedicated to previewing the 2022-23 season. Robbie, I imagine it's going to be a, a rather loose discussion. We have a couple of a couple of preseason games to go off of. Uh, the Penguins will play their final preseason game on Friday, uh, the day that this episode will go live. Um, but Robbie, let, let's dive into it. Like you said already, we we had reconvened for a, a midsummer edition of the podcast. At that time, uh, we were talking about the uh, contract extensions. Uh, uh, the NHL draft had just come and gone. Free agency was getting underway. And the thing about the Penguins, Robbie, is it seems like every season, every season we go we go into a new and we begin a new season. There aren't a ton of question marks and. For the large part, that remained the same. The biggest question marks had to do with the statuses of Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, who eventually signed long-term extensions uh, with the Penguins, and they will lar- probably finish out their careers with Sidney Crosby. Uh, so w- we have a couple of preseason games to draw conclusions to, obviously, and I'm never one to draw finite, concrete conclusions from the preseason, 
Uh, but there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, notably uh, prospect Sam Poulin, who has made the transition to center. Uh, he looks like he could be competing for an NHL spot, although I'm not sure if he will get it when everyone is healthy, given Jeff Carter's recent ailments and Teddy Bluger's recent ailments. Ty Smith is another intriguing player that was brought over in the John Marino trade earlier in the summer. Uh, he looks to be competing for a third-pairing spot with newly signed uh, Jan Ruda. And so those are some of the topics that we'll get into uh, as this, this podcast episode goes along. Robbie, the first question that popped into my head as I was preparing the outline for this week's show was, Evgeny Malkin is 36 years old. Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang are 35. In sports terms, uh, they are rather long in the tooth. Uh, they are closer to the end than they are the beginning. Uh, as they head into the 2022-23 season together, how well do you think they'll function knowing that they've added another year to their careers? They're, they don't, they may not have the explosive burst that they once did 10 or 15 years ago, but they're still Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang, and when they're on the ice, they remain some of the most viable offensive and defensive threats around the NHL. So, Robbie, my first question to you is, how well do you think the big three will function as they're another year older? Again, I think the the question that mostly pertains to is Evgeny Malkin, because I think Chris Letang just had a career year, a uh, great time to have a career year, and Sidney Crosby, until he proves otherwise or shows us otherwise, is still going to be Sidney Crosby. Is he going to put up Connor McDavid numbers? No. Uh, th- those days are past, but Crosby is still going to be, in my opinion, just as efficient and effective on the ice as he has been uh, pretty much his entire career. Uh Point of game, I think, is definitely um, is expected. Um, he has he's approaching uh, Gretzky's record uh, on that number, and I expect him to post that post a number uh, similar to that and go over that again, especially with Jake Ansel and uh, what looks to be at this moment Ricard Raquel as his wingers. I think both of those guys are in for a big year as well. Chris Letang. Um, He's going to be with Brian Dumoul again. Uh, Brian Dumoul was a guy that we talked about possibly being moved out of town uh, this offseason, but he's back, and the Penguins are banking on him uh, bouncing back from his struggles last year. So those two, I think the expectations are uh, the expectations, and not to steal a line from the Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, but for them the standard is the standard. Um, we know what to expect out of them, and I I expect them both, both 87 and 58 to have um, big seasons again. Now, there's no reason Chris Tang has showed no signs of slowing down. Sidney Crosby has showed no signs of slowing down. So, um, I expect a, a very, a very great season out of uh, those two guys. Now, when we shift over to Evgeny Malkin, there's obviously a lot of questions with health. Uh, but again, when the limited amount of games he played last year, he was still a point per game player. In the seven games he was against the Rangers, he was right. I think he had. He might have had eight points in seven games, right in that in that ballpark again. So to expect an 82 game season out of Evgeny Malkin, I think is uh, a little bit of wishful thinking. I don't think he's playing 82. Not to say that I think Crosby and Latang will play 82 either. That is a very difficult number um, to reach. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, those guys miss a few games. Uh, especially playing for the Penguins, it's almost to be expected. But for Evgeny Morgan, maybe it's 70 games. I don't know. 
Um, but if he's in that 65 to 70 game mark, I don't see any reason why he can't play at a point per game pace or right around it like he did last year. He's going to be playing with Brian Rust, who he has shown to have chemistry with uh, in the past. Um, so I expect big things out of both of them guys as well. Malkin's going to get his points uh, as he does. So, yeah, I think Malkin is more the question mark uh, when it comes to what to expect out of these guys this year because 87 and 58, um, there's been no um, no signs of either of them slowing down. Malkin really all depends on the health. But, again, last offseason – he was coming off that major knee surgery, didn't start uh, until about midseason, still posted a point per game, was right around that number again in the playoffs. And Malkin, it just maybe the longevity isn't there, the health isn't necessarily there all the time. But if he's still putting 65, 70 games out in the ice, I think that's a win. And if he can once again hang around that point per game number, uh, then it's just, it's obviously another good season for Evgeny Malkin. So. Um, we'll see how it all goes. Um, a lot will play out, obviously, as we go along. But, I mean, honestly, I think that the big three in Pittsburgh still have a lot of production left to give, a lot of good memories still to make. So, uh, all in all, I expect really good, solid seasons out of all three of them guys. Um, and, and we'll enjoy that, obviously, uh, as it lasts. But, uh, yeah, that's just really what I expect out of those guys this year with their, well, with Crosby being Crosby and then Malkin and Latang uh, proving their worth with their new contracts. I'd have to say if we get uh, if we get seventy games out of Evgeny Malkin, I, I would take that in a heartbeat. That would be a resounding success, given, like you said, the recent uh, health of Malkin, the injuries that he sustained over the last number of seasons. He's uh, really it's been hard for him to play an eighty-two game season, and I agree having a thirty-six-year-old and two thirty-five-year-olds play a full eighty-two game stretch is going to be a difficult task. Uh, I don't know if, if they'll get to that point. That remains to be seen. Uh, but, Robbie, uh, it, it really is something when you think about it. Crosby, Malkin, and Latang being in the twilight years of their career, like I said, closer to the end than the beginning. And uh, for them to still be point-per-game players in Latang's case, like you said, having a career year last year and getting rewarded uh, financially for still playing at a high level and his very strict uh, exercising fitness regimen is is rather documented at this point. Uh, but to piggyback off of that, we we seem to be in agreement that the big three will still be the big three. And to uh, let, to shift the discussion here to some dark horse candidates because. I have always been of the mindset that while Crosby, Malkin, and Latang are and still are, still will be very uh, dominant players, even given their age, uh, they cannot, at least I don't think, put the team on their back as, as much as they have in the past uh, when they were much younger. With that being said, there are some players on this roster uh, who had notably bad seasons last year, and I wanted to see... Uh, in your head, who do you think might be some dark horse candidates to have a bounce back season? The likes of Jason Zucker, for example. Last season, he only played 41 games, only had eight goals, 17 points. Uh, they expected a lot more out of Jason Zucker, and injury uh, was the main reason why Zucker was off the ice. Kasperi Kapanen was rewarded with a contract extension uh, after having a solid 2020-2021 uh, season. 
2021, 2022, uh, those numbers fell drastically in 79 games played. He only scored 11 goals and 21 assists for 32 points, and many were expecting a lot more. They were expecting Kapanen to take the next step in his development. That obviously didn't happen, and many Penguins fans over the course of last season、uh, pinpointed and focused in on Kapanen as one of those players who they expected a lot more out of, but obviously didn't get. So, Robbie, I'll shift it over to you. Are, are these two players, Zucker and Kapanen, on your radar for potential bounce back campaigns? Is there another player that I didn't mention that you have your eyes set, hoping and expecting more this season?、Uh, so I'll hand it over to you. Who are some of the players that you're keeping an eye on heading into this new campaign? Yeah, I think you make a good point, especially with Jason Zucker, because when he was healthy, especially in the second half of the season, he looked like a menace on the ice for opposing teams.、Uh, in the playoffs as well, he created all kinds of problems for the Rangers. And yeah, the puck wasn't necessarily going in the net, but man, what a great story that would be if he could find a way to bounce back. And again, I'm going to say likely his last season in Pittsburgh, his contract's up to the end of the year. So, I mean, I just mentioned Latang having a great contract year last year. It would be unbelievably great for the Penguins if Jason Zucker had a great contract year、uh, this season and priced himself out of Pittsburgh because that means、uh, the Penguins got a 30 goal, 25, 30 goal score out of, out of Jason Zucker this year. So Zucker's the one that I really had circled、uh, as a potential bounce back candidate. And honestly, a lot of that just depends on his overall health. And he's a guy that was been badly injured the last two years. Hasn't really found his footing in Pittsburgh, and you just hope that he kind of、uh, works it out here this season and、um, things come together for him. And if that health is there, I don't see any reason why it can't come together for him. I think he's going to be a,、uh, a second line player with Evgeny Malkin. At least that's where he's going to start, I believe.、Um, he's going to get some shots in the power play,、uh, definitely on the second unit. And he's going to be, if somebody goes down, Uh, on that top line, he's going to be one that's probably called upon、uh, to jump up there and fill a spot. So,、uh, Zucker is a big,、uh, a big name for me.、Um, that way, another name for me is Jeff Carter.、Uh, we talked about、uh, the complaints about the contract he signed last year.、Um, even though that I don't have a problem with Jeff Carter, I think it was not a deal that needed to be signed when it did,、uh, at least not for that amount.、Um, so, I think Jeff Carter, again, comes back to if his body can hold up. Can he put together a good season in that bottom six for the Penguins where they're going to need all the depth help they can get? So,、uh, Zucker and Kapanen are the two guys that stick out to me. I would agree with Kapanen as well, though I'm a little more, I guess, of a cynic about Kapanen because it feels like it's just not meant to be for what the Penguins need from him, for what they're paying him. But if he joins that party as well, then absolutely fantastic. But、uh, Zucker and Carter are my two big. If these guys can. Put together the health's good, the production's good, that are in line for a, a good bounce back for the Penguins. We've talked a lot about the forwards to this point. Let's flip the script and focus on the defensemen. I guess one of the bigger spots that was up for grab,、uh, or one of the、uh, yeah, bigger spots that was up for grab, if there was one, if you want to say, was that on the defense.、Uh, notably, Ron Hextall went out in the offseason and basically overhauled the defense, bringing in Jeff Petrie, Jan Ruda, Ty Smith, shipping out John Marino. He brought Chris Letang back on a new extension. However, there's one name that I haven't mentioned that、uh, is intriguing to me. And 
that's because I don't know, given the Penguins' current lineup, if there is a place for him or if he will even be on this team when the puck drops on October 13th. According to the morning puck, which you know give, gives some of the more updated line, combina- line combinations and defensive pairings, Brian Dumoulin was paired with Chris Letang. Marcus Pedersen was paired with Jeff Petrie. That basically rounds out the Penguins' top four. And as I mentioned previously, uh, Ty Smith, who remains a work in progress, is paired with Jan Ruda on that third pairing. And so looking at the Penguins roster, that leaves out Chad Ruedel, Mark Friedman, Mark Friedman, and Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Now, it was reported recently by uh, Frank Saravalli that the Penguins have uh, offered Pierre-Olivier Joseph to all other 31 teams, and he remains a member of the Penguins uh, as we record this on uh, October 6th. Uh, the Penguins recently lost forward Redeem Zahorna to waivers to the Calgary Flames. Robbie, it, it wouldn't make much sense for the Penguins to go into the season carrying the nine defensemen that they have now. Um, I think it would make more sense, obviously, to carry seven, maybe eight. Um, but focusing in on Pierre-Olivier Joseph, because he is one of those prospects uh, from the Jim Rutherford regime, he for whatever reason, hasn't seemed like he's taken that next step in his development. Otherwise, I think he would have been deployed more prominently throughout the preseason. Uh, Frank Saravalli, who I'm obviously not going to question the integrity of, as he has a very much proven track record, saying that the Penguins have offered him around the league. It makes sense that the Penguins would have to lose one or two defensemen, Robbie, either through waivers or just sending one down to the minors and and having them say in Wilkes-Barre, but given Pierre-Olivier Joseph's status as the, the crown jewel of the Phil Kessel trade, having not worked out to this point, in short, Robbie, what do you think the future holds for P.O. Joseph? Is he the odd man out on this blue line? And could he or will he depart the team a la Redeem Zahorna through waivers or through a trade? Well, it certainly looks like uh, P.A. Joseph or P.O. Joseph uh, is the odd man out. If you are to believe what is coming out of training camp, what uh, the Penguins have been deploying on the ice uh, so far with uh, during this preseason training camp. And I, I mean, there's such a jumble at that defensive position. You know, your top two are obviously, um, uh, uh, Malk or Latang and Dumoulin been set in stone for what feels like a decade now. They didn't bring in Jeff Petrie to not play him or get rid of him. So Petrie's there and Pedersen, who we talked as a possible trade candidate this offseason, is in Pittsburgh and he's going to be on that second uh, pairing with Petrie from what we have seen. And then Jan Ruda was signed in free agency. He has a spot in the lineup. They brought him in for a specific purpose. So that leaves your six defensemen, and it's a complete logjam between Ty Smith, Chad Ruedel, Mark Friedman, and P.O. Joseph. Uh, The big focus is on uh, Joseph and uh, Ty Smith because of age and kind of um, their similarities as a player. And uh, Ty Smith, um, is in. he came over from Jersey in the John Marino trade. Uh, There was talk about him starting the year at – uh, in Wilkes-Barre in the AHL because he does struggle defensively. He had a rough sophomore season with the Devils. Uh, his offensive upside, uh, from what all the scouts say and the, the um, uh, 
articles I've read about him this offseason is his off his offensive skill is just through the roof and that's just too much to ignore that they might not be able to keep him off the ice or at least shelter him on that third pairing for the time being as he develops and gets more confidence defensively, which in turn would probably leave out P.O. Joseph. And I think that, yeah, it would suck to lose P.O. Joseph because that would kind of be a complete wash on the Kessel trade uh, altogether. Uh, But at this point, he hasn't really taken that – next step that says this guy needs to be in the NHL. He's had opportunities. There's times he's been blocked, uh, so that's not his fault, but he's definitely had opportunities to make that kind of defining moment or streak of play that would say that, hey, this guy needs to be in the NHL, but he's never really taken that step. He's never beat out a Chad Ruedel, a Mark Friedman, to be that guy that needs to be in the NHL. So it's looking likely that they're going to lose P.O. Joseph, uh, likely for nothing. It doesn't seem like any of the teams um, are going to bite on a trade, especially when they know that in um, a couple days they could get him for nothing. But, again, with waivers, there's an order to it. So if the team really wants him and they're not high in the pecking order, they don't want to take a chance. They just want P.O. Joseph. Maybe they swing a deal. But I think overall, I think Ty Smith is definitely – played his way into that position. But, again, with guys like Ruedel and Friedman there, you you never know. It's just such a log jam there. Uh, but when it comes down, if we're looking at just the Ty Smith and P.O. Joseph, I think Ty Smith has the advantage. There's nothing that's come out of camp that makes me think anything different. And I think that, obviously, P.O. Joseph has done his part to make an argument, but he hasn't made a strong enough argument. And it's more likely than not that he's going to be playing in a different uniform this year, unless nobody decides to claim him and the Penguins can hold on to him. But I think it's Ty Smith taking that spot next to Jan Ruda while um, P.O. Joseph goes down to the AHL or goes to another team via waivers or trade. Well, that will be one of the final things to monitor as we come out of preseason and into the regular season, the status of P.O. Joseph and what will the future hold for the 23-year-old Blue Liner. But uh, that is a story for perhaps next week, where he may be by this time next week when we record our next episode, uh, we'll have a much more clearer answer uh, as to the status of P.O. Joseph in a Penguins uniform. Shifting gears now, we're going to shift to the mailbag segment of the Pennsburg podcast. And if you're like I said, if you're just finding us for the first time, uh, if you're looking for some some Penguins content as the Pittsburgh Penguins begin the 2022-23 season and you like what you're listening to so far every week uh, here at the Pennsburg podcast, uh, Robbie and I will collect questions via Twitter. You can follow our podcast-specific account at on Twitter at PennsburgPod, at PennsburgPod. And every week we will send out a mailbag tweet asking for listener participation. Uh, we think it's a, a fantastic way for those who take the time to listen to this podcast, listen to us two weirdos ramble about the Pittsburgh Penguins for 45 minutes to an hour every week. We think it's a fantastic way to get our listeners involved and uh, again, if you're interested, follow our Pennsburg Podcast Twitter account and keep your eye out for our weekly uh, mailbag tweet asking for your participation. Uh, for the first podcast of the season, not a hefty mailbag, two questions from the same person. And it comes; these questions come from Brendan, who has uh, been a, 
a uh, very great contributor to the mailbag segment over the course of the last season, season and a half, for however long we've been doing these mailbag segments. Uh, but uh, a thank you to Brendan for always contributing to the mailbag segment and anyone else who has contributed in the past. Uh, Robbie, uh, like we've done in the past, you will get first dibs at the first question. I will get the second question. And for however many questions we have in the mailbag segment, we'll just go back and forth. Question number one from Brendan. Do you see any value in Sam Poulin being a fourth-line center and playing with guys like Brock McGinn, Josh Archibald, etc., for roughly eight minutes a night? Again, we talked about how the defense has a logjam at the kind of the bottom of their their lineup. There's a logjam here with the depth, the bottom six of the Penguins uh, forward positions that we didn't really touch on quite as much. And Sam Poulin has done enough to put his name uh, in that conversation, which is really good for the Penguins, because while one of their top prospects, again, in the Penguins system, that the bar on that is very low to clear. So, But he's always been kind of like, will he ever really make the impact at the NHL level, they hope? And in camp, he's played surprisingly well. Um, he definitely developed in, uh, in, in the AHL last year, his first pro season. Uh, good to see that. And now he's in that conversation with... Um, with the rest of these guys now, Teddy Bluger is still this is day to day. So his um, his status for the beginning of the season next week is uh, to be determined at this very point. He very well could be good to go, but they also decide, hey, we're not going to rush him here. Uh, these first couple games, we'll just hold Bluger back, let him heal up a little bit more. No point in throwing him out there right away. And maybe Poulin makes uh, that opening night lineup and makes an impression. Um, I am very critical and was critical and still am critical of the of the Josh Archibald signing. I don't think that's something the Penguins needed to do, not in the first day of free agency. It seemed like it was just kind of out of – compared to everything else that was going on with the Penguins in the weeks leading up to free agency, that was just a very kind of out-of-the-blue kind of sign, or signing. that, And the numbers just aren't there to back him up as a very good hockey player. Um, other guys, Ryan Poling has been a surprise in training camp. They thought that maybe it's just a, he's a change of scenery guy coming from March, Montreal with Jeff, uh, with Jeff Petrie. Maybe this is what he needs uh, to be in a different system that will better play to his, his talents. So maybe that's another a name that we could be in there. But as for Poulin, I think anything that you can get him NHL time right now is a plus. If they decide to hold Blue Grout for a week or two and you get Sam Poulin five games of experience, at the NHL level, I think that's a bonus because guess what? If he has a positive impact, you know you're going to need him at some point because, joking aside with the Penguins injuries, hockey in general, you're going to get injured. So you're going to need to call a guy up at some point. So if it if five games of him playing eight, ten minutes a night alongside Josh Archibald, Brock McGinn, whoever else, Ryan Pulling, uh, whoever else is down in that, in that mess at the bottom of the bottom or the bottom of the lineup in the bottom six uh, fourth line guys, then there's, I don't think to start the season, there's any hurt in throwing uh, Sam Poulin out there just to get him some experience and see what he can bring you at the NHL level. I don't see anything, uh, any uh, negative to that. So yeah, I, I like Sam Poulin there. If, if the opportunity becomes available for him at the beginning of the season uh, with injuries, and just to see what he brings. I don't. I don't. I don't see any negative in it. Um, it's not. We're not talking about playoff chase right now. We're just talking the first couple games of the season, uh, just to see 
let him get his feet wet and see what he brings you and see if he's a viable call-up option at some point uh, later this season. Uh, question number two, also from Brendan, uh, kind of a little online question, so it might not make sense to some of you, but uh, the question is, are you going to chronicle the tang this year or get really mad then when about Gino? Uh, you know, that's a very clever, clever way to talk about some of the Penguins uh, franchise stalwarts. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if we want to go super in-depth about Penn's Chronicles or, or Mark Madden on this podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one to just throw threats around, and, you know, I'm not one to uh, take shots uh, when someone doesn't take shots at me. But, uh, yes, this year we will be chronicling Latang and, and to, to a great extent. Uh, I've been a Chris Latang defender on this podcast going back to last season, when there were rumblings that maybe Hextall wouldn't re-sign Latang, and I, I vocally, openly said that there was not going to be another player on the Penguins roster, there was not going to be a player in free agency that the Penguins were going to bring in that could do what Chris, Chris Latang can still do at 35 years old. Robbie, you mentioned the career season he had in 2021-22. Um, he is an athletic freak of nature. Um, you know, you keep waiting as these players get older for the, the bottom to kind of fall out and for age to kind of slow them down and expose them because everyone always says it's a young man's game. But Latang has bucked that trend and is primed to do it again for potentially the next two to three seasons. You, you'd like to think eventually that age will catch up to these generational players. When will that be? We have no idea. Could be this year. Could be, could be uh, two years from now. Latang could play into his forties. You just don't know. Regarding Evgeny Malkin, he uh, has frustrated me in the past. Absolutely, I think he's frustrated just about every Penguins fan. Um, but for everyone that wanted to re, uh, for everyone that wanted to let Evgeny Malkin go, and for everyone who wanted to re, uh, to sign Vince Trocheck in free agency. For Malkin being a point-per-game player, as Robbie mentioned earlier, uh, having some decent line mates could also help uh, Malkin as well. He was always given, he was always given the, I don't want to say the scraps, but he was always given the second serving of whatever Crosby didn't get on on his wing. If if Jake Gensel played with Evgeny Malkin uh, over an 82-game season. I think there would be fewer people who would be complaining that Evgeny Malkin is too slow and he's not the same Evgeny Malkin that he was five or ten years ago. Anywho, I digress because I, I like to stay positive and, and think in uh, a more positive mindset. But, yes, over the course of this season, we'll be chronicling Latang. I'm sure at one point or another we'll be getting mad over Evgeny Malkin. But... Uh, that's going to wrap up this mailbag, and that's going to wrap up this season preview edition of the Pennsburg podcast. Uh, for those that like what they listen to over the last, whatever, 35 minutes or so we've been recording, uh, know that we at Pennsburg will be putting out a podcast every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, schedule permitting. And, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. We have to uh, postpone a week here and there, but... Uh, if you like what you're listening to, uh, give Pensburg a follow on Twitter. Go, go to Pensburg.com for all of your Penguins coverage throughout this upcoming season. Follow Pensburg Pod on Twitter to never miss out uh, when an episode drops or when a new mailbag tweet gets posted. 
Uh, Robbie, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we put a bow on this season preview episode? No, I think that um, I'm just ready for the season to be here. Really good to be back on the podcast. It was a, a long summer that didn't feel very long, but that's kind of how life is these days when uh, when you get to our age. You kind of just the days go by faster than you can keep track. And uh, I know it felt like just yesterday we did our uh, mid-season or mid-off-season with all the signings and draft picks and all that fun stuff, and now all of a sudden it's two and a half months later, almost three months later, and we're getting ready to um, drop the puck on uh, on a new season. And I know that you're ready, I'm ready, the, t- the team at Pennsburg's ready, the fans are ready, the players uh, look ready. We have uh, Mike Sullivan's definitely ready to go, and, and you can read all the predictions, all the preseason predictions and, and all that, but I, I know that we're truly blessed here in Pittsburgh, and looking forward to another another year of Penguins hockey with 87, 71, and 58 out there on the ice um, after a little uncertainty this offseason. But, hey, we're back. Um, time to drop the puck. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, for Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Behanna. Again, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Pennsburg Podcast, and we will see you all right back here this time next week.